programmed Treasures of the Heart. This is Pastor Luann, and we are here as we begin our new fall series on the book of Revelation. And so um, I've asked those, you know, who who are going to be doing this with me and going to be listening to this to, to, you know, see if you can't find a New American Standard version of the Bible. That's what I'm going to be reading from. It's a, it's a Greek and a uh, Hebrew Bible or kind of a reference Bible, but that will be the translation because the book tells us in the beginning that that blessed are we who read and blessed are we who do the things that are that are talked about within. And so in, in that Greek meaning of reading it, it appears that that there are some that think that he's saying that we should read it aloud. I don't want you to miss one blessing from God. So if I want you to be able to read it aloud with me. And um, and then I'll go back and expound what I can. This is not an exhaustive study as far as doing the whole uh, big, big, big study on Revelation. That would take a lot more months between now and December. But I want to highlight many things for you that I think will be what's most important for you to know and also to know what is yet to come. So we are going to uh, get started here by first looking at the book of Luke, I want you to write these verses down. Verse 24, chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. And again, reading from the New American Standard Bible, Jesus is talking here and he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ? Christ is not like Jesus's last name. It means the anointed or the anointed one. So Jesus is saying, isn't it necessary for Christ, the anointed one, to suffer these things and then to enter into his glory? Verse 27, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets. Now, this is of the Old Testament. I mean, the New Testament was written about Jesus. So Jesus knew the Old Testament. And that's where the prophets prophesied of the Messiah to come. And he explained to them the things concerning himself in all those scriptures that the prophets wrote about where he was concerned as the Messiah. So Jesus is letting us know that he is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and that it was necessary for him to suffer and then to enter back into his glory with the Father. And so he opened up the writings of the prophets concerning him. And whenever he took those prophecies that happened hundreds of years before Jesus came, and yet Jesus came and fulfilled those prophecies to reveal that indeed he is the Messiah. No one else has done that. The Bible is at least 2,000 years old. No one else has done that. No one else can make the claim, only Jesus Christ. So now, as we look at this book, I want you to understand that, that there are 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. And so chapter 1 kind of just looks back at the past a little bit. Chapters 2 and 3 are talking more about the present state at the time of John's revelation because he's writing, as Jesus tells him to, to seven churches in Asia. So it was at during his time here uh, as he's getting this. And then chapters 4 through 22 will then uncover what is yet to come as well as the second coming of Jesus Christ. Glory, hallelujah. So, Revelation 1, I want you to understand that the word itself, Revelation, means to take the cover off, to remove the veil so that the world can see through John's vision, his revelation, what the end of the world as we know it 
will look like. So we're not going to be caught unaware. And so let's look at these verses in Revelation chapter 1. Now let me just give you a little outline because in verses 1 through 3, you kind of get an introduction. And then in verses 4 through 8, it's kind of a salutation, who John is writing this to. And then in verses 9 through 18, it's Christ that's being revealed in his glory. And then as we get to verses 19 through 20, um, I'm sorry, yeah, 22, there's 22 chapters. But when we get uh, into this chapter 1, which I'm speaking about, I didn't want you to get confused there, and I don't want to be confused either. And so John's instruction is to write all of this revelation down, and we hear about that in verses 19 and 20 of chapter 1. So read with me as we begin to read these first three verses. Now, we're going to read like straight through the chapter 1, because I want you to, to hear that. And then I'm going to go back and expound on some of them, okay? So let's begin with verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Verse 3. Blessed is he who reads, see, and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. And so verse 4 says, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And then we get to verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. Verse 8, I am the Alpha. And the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. And then we get to verse 9. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Excuse me, and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, Write in a book what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna, and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Verse 12 Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man clothed in a robe reaching to the feet and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white, like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it has been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. 
and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. Verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Verse 19, Therefore, write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after these things. As for the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches." Now, let's go back and look, starting with verse 4. Just let me share a few things with you in our remaining time. So when we get to chapter 4, and you hear John talking about uh, grace and peace to you from him, who is, who was, and who is to come. So John right here in the beginning is focused on God the Father with this title. All right? And so he's saying, you know, you can't just say the God who is. You can't just say the God um, who was, and you can't just say the God who is to come. We, we have to get the totality of what John is saying is, this is grace and peace to you from God. God is, is greeting you. So John focused on God at that point. And then he goes on to say, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now this verse is somewhat debatable by the scholars. However, it appears since John has mentioned God and then mentions Jesus Christ, and now the spirit, many scholars believe, John is speaking of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has these different attributes mentioned, like in Isaiah 11, 2. You might want to write that down, Isaiah 11, verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now, there's seven here. We remember what talked about the seven spirits. Well, there's, there's seven here that Isaiah lists. Number one is that the Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord. Number two is the Spirit of Wisdom and Understanding, the Spirit of Counsel, and might, the spirit of knowledge, right? It's number seven, and then the fear of the Lord. So we can kind of liken this to whenever Galatians 5.22 teaches us about the fruit of the spirit, not the fruits, it's not plural. It is the fruit of the spirit that each believer should possess. So we do not choose one or two attributes saying, well, you know, I'll just choose one of these. It sounds easier for me to do. No, if you're a Christian, if we're Christians, then all of these are to be a part of the fruit of the of the Holy Spirit. And so there's seven of these as well. The Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And so, you know, we've got the seven spirits. We've got the seven fruit. And, and seven means what? It means completion. It means perfection. And so when we get on to, to chapter, I'm sorry, to verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings. And then it goes on to describe Jesus who loves us, released us from our sins by his blood, has made us to be a kingdom and priest to his God and Father. And so, you know, behold, he's coming in the clouds. Every eye is going to see. And so in verse 8, <clears throat> then we see Jesus, the Christ saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, <clears throat> who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So here we have God the Father, we have the Spirit, now we have Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And so church Jesus is saying, I am he who is now, who was at the beginning, and who is to come. So Jesus is telling John to remind his church that he's coming back. 
So we get to verse 9 through 18, and this is where we read about the glory of Christ in this island of Patmos. And, and it's, you know, he goes on to say, John, your brother, your fellow partaker in tribulation, because he's being persecuted. That's why he was sent to this island of Patmos, and he ended up staying what they believe in a cave. This is where he got his revelation. Uh, and so he was exiled. And, but John was sent to the island as, as a prisoner. And so we understand that we, we believe that this is the Apostle John, the one who wrote the book of John in the Bible uh, and the first John, second John. Now, there are others who's, who have their thinking that there, there may be another John that was in the area at the time in the churches, and he wrote it because they said John's writing is different in Revelation than it is when he wrote the book of John or John 1. But then again, the other scholars say, well, of course it's different. He's writing it down as he is getting it as a vision, as a revelation. And so he's he's not having time to kind of go back and correct this or grammar things or anything like that. It's just he's writing this down. So when we get to verse 10, he said he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So we, we understand that he said he heard the voice of Christ. He turned around and he saw he became like a dead man. Verse 17 said he fell at the feet of the master, the Messiah, like a dead man. And he, But Jesus placed his right hand on him saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. I mean, Spurgeon, who was a wonderful preacher and author in his day, years and years ago about this verse said this, blessed position. Does the death alarm you? We are never so much alive as when we are dead at his feet, the way that John was when he saw Christ. Now, there's a difference between two words, Hades and death. So Hades means like the grave, the place where the body is placed, or it can also mean the place of punishment for the wicked. And it may even be a general term for like the unseen realm of the dead. But Jesus says, I have the keys to death and I have the keys to Hades. There is no grave that can hold you down. That Jesus said, you're going to be coming up to meet him when he comes down in the clouds to get us. Now, that's further on into Revelation. But I'm going to just help you to understand that this is powerful, my friends. The, the phrase in the beginning that said most surely will take place that means that when this you know when this revelation vision really begins to take pass to come to pass it's going to come quickly we don't know when but we're going to go through these chapters and we're going to learn together these wonderful things about Jesus the Messiah and the future prophecies that are yet to come tune in next week or on Facebook or YouTube as we look at chapter 2 of the book of revelation god bless you this is pastor Nguyen with treasures of the heart